the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made for our salvation and for every one of us. One of the fathers says, if it was only me on earth, God who could have came and saved me in the same way. So this is my day, my day of salvation, and we should rejoice that today we have the chance to be in the eternal life. This is the day that the God himself planned from the day we fell into the sin in the beginning. And he planned that day, and this day was not known to anyone, but was known by the Holy Spirit to his people, waiting for him to come without understanding the depth of that day. This day is for me, for you, and for all the humanity. No matter what religion they are, no matter who they are, whoever will come to him and accept him and accept his cross, he will have a place because his sin is already forgiven. He paid for all the humanity. He paid for all of us with his blood. Two days in the life of all human beings will not be repeated. Two days will not be repeated. The first day is the judgment day. And the second day is the cross day. The day when the Lord is hanged on the cross for our salvation. This day is above time. This day, it's like when God in the beginning he said it was the first day and he created the earth and it was the first day. It was not 24 hours. It's above the time. This day is very unique because it happened in a physical day, but its impact goes back to the beginning and continue till today and will continue till the end of the world. The impact of his salvation is not limited to the time of that day. The impact have impacted the people who died from Adam and will continue till the end of the world. It is a very special day. It is the day for our salvation. If we missed getting benefit from all the Lent, and if we missed getting benefit from the Holy Pascha week, we should not miss this day. Because this is day is for ourselves. We all had the death penalty before this day. We all did not have hope except on him. All our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Adam and Eve, everyone who died before him was waiting for this day to get them out. And we rejoice because he came for us and for our salvation. The works of the arrangement of God is over all manner of thoughts of our mind, but was made known for his children, for us, and for our salvation. Even the angels did not know this day, didn't understand it. They didn't know this plan. Him only, he had this plan. And the motive for this plan was our love. He loved us, he didn't want us to die forever. And that's why he did this plan. He did it for us. We need today to have a reflection on ourselves. 
we are not attending a memorize of a story that happened 2,000 plus years old, or a memory of somebody that we gathered to remember him. This is not to remember somebody who died. This is the day to get joy for our salvation. This is the day we come and glorify him and thank him for giving us the chance to come back to him and to the kingdom of God. This day, God did an exchange. He took our cup and gave us his cup. Who attended yesterday, he was giving us a cup of our salvation, cup of his blood for everyone and say, take from this cup for your salvation. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, drink from it all of you, for this is my blood for the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. He gave us this cup yesterday, and today he took our cup. And let us look what we give to him. We give him a cup of our sins, a cup of the worth, a cup of his fury against sin, a cup of words of God. He took this cup, and this is a cup he was praying that he, God can take it from him. It's not the pain, it's not the cross, it's the cup of our sin that his, himself with his purity, his pure, and he will carry all our sins for our salvation. For the words of God is revealed from the heaven against all the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suffer the truth and unrighteousness. غضب الله معلم من السماء على جميع فجور الناس واسمهم الذين يحجزون الحق بالإثم. He took this cup in our behalf. Today also we see different paradox. Joy and sadness. We will rejoice and glad because the salvation has happened to us. On the same time, we be sorrowful because we see him paying for our sins. Be sorrowful, O my soul, for your sin that caused the suffering of your compassionate Redeemer. Let's all remember that my sin that I'm doing today, I am involving in crucifying him. Every sin I do, or I insist in doing, I'm involving in this crucifixion. It's also a paradox between blessing and curse. Christ has redeemed us for the curse of the law. He gave us the blessing and he took the curse in our behalf. He gave us the blessing when he said, forgive their sins. That moment he opened the paradise again for us. And he took everyone who is waiting and everyone will come. And for all of us as well, a chance to go there. Our names were written in that place, and it's up to us to accept it or not. But he gave us in this day the salvation. So why we go away sometimes and we don't think about it? Because we get busy in the earthly stuff. Today we need to think nothing but him. We think that we have this penalty, and our life were gone. And he came 
and he cared. His love was driven for him to come and crucify himself for us. He is being made a curse for us. When we say he, he's the Lord of Lords. He's the creation of the universe. He could have created another nation, but he didn't. Why he didn't? Because he loved us. Do we love him back, even a portion from his love? Or we just come to the church to celebrate an occasion and then we go back and live our own life? It's a day of love and envy. For God so loved the world, so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that for everyone believes in him should not perish but love everlasting or live or have everlasting life. He came to give us everlasting life. He came to give us joy. So it's a day of joy. My beloved, today is not a day of sadness. Yes, we are sad about our sin that caused him all this pain, but this is a day of our joy. The day he pays for our sin. Let's all remember that. We also see an envy. The envy of everyone did not accept this. The envy of the Jews and the envy of Judah and the envy of the soldier around him. We also see a life and death. On the right hand side of him was a thief that he managed to go from death to life. And another one on the other hand, he managed to go from life to death. We see him bringing people from death to life when they repent. And he's extending this for all of us when we repent to come from death to life. Hearing the word from him, your sin is forgiveness. Come and join me in the paradise. We still have that chance to hear this word when we repent. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, we think he died. But he, he, after two days, came in the resurrection day and he gave us the eternal life for all of us. It's a day of life and death. So where I am from what's going today? Am I just coming here to watch or to spend the day? Or I am participating with my feeling, with my mind, with my emotional to what he has done to me? Is the crucifixion and the salvation represent something in my heart, in my mind? Is it only today or all my life? Do I think about it when I live? Do I teach it to my kids and my grandkids? Or it's just a day that I remember it once a year and then I go and enjoy the feast and then it's gone. And then another year comes again and we renew the memory. Or it's a lifestyle. I live in his salvation. I live in his repentance. Every day I put his cross in front of me and I remember my sin that caused him all this pain and I repent. And I pray for my salvation and for my kingdom of God. Do I come here busy and don't care about this day? 
it's just I come for a few hours to satisfy myself. Am I one of the people who betraying him? Whether for a sin or for a lust or for a money like Judea? Am I one of those people who denying him when there is a temptation or when I'm scared? Where I'm among people that they don't believe in him? Do I crucify him with my sin intentionally and I don't care and I say it's my fun? Or I want to have a life or I want to enjoy my life ignoring or what he have done for me? Do I torture him like the right thief or I believe in him and pray forgive me like the other one? Joshua, Isaiah, about 800 years before him, he saw what we saw 2,000 years ago. We saw God in a different shape. There is no glory. There is no angel serving him. He's in a different way. Nobody could believe. Even him he could not believe. Isaiah said, who believes our report? Who believe what I see? I see him crucified. I see him without angels around him praising him. I see him without the crown. I see him without his brightness. What is going on? Who believed our report? When we see him in that day, there is no beauty. What we should desire him. He is dispersed and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our face from him. We couldn't look at him. He was dispersed and we did not esteem him. We did not care. We did not care Every time we sin, we don't care. We don't care about what he's doing for us. We ignore his salvation. But look what he was doing. But surely he has borne our graves and carried our sorrows and our sins. Yet we esteemed him, we esteemed him striking, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for, for our transgressions. He was wounded for my transgressions. We need today to, to take something away with us, not only to look to the story, we feel sad and we leave. We need to have our own interaction with the day. Which wound I caused him, which pain I caused him, and try to benefit from the forgiveness. It's a free forgiveness. As long as we are alive, the forgiveness is free. He did this for all of us, but it has time limit. The time limit is our life span. And our life span, we don't know when it will finish. So we need to, to take the chance today. Don't delay for tomorrow because we don't know if tomorrow will come or not. 
We need to take the chance of his forgiveness today and benefit out of it. And this is the work of the church during all this time. We try as a church and our father trying to show that message of today. Every time we come here is to take us to this day, the day of the salvation. Sometimes we don't understand the benefit of that day. And we try even to celebrate maybe Christmas more on any other feast. That is the day that the Lord had made for us. We cannot ignore that day. We cannot ignore the benefit we are getting from that day. Thinking of the passion of the Lord. I just want to share some paragraphs from one of the uh, historical evidence of Christ. I will not read it all, but I will share. This was a documentation that was written uh, by Pontius to uh, one of his uh, reporters about Jesus Christ. And let's see how he described him. This was found in a city called Aquila within the work of Napoli in year 1280. So he was talking to Kaiser, dear Kaiser, and then he talked about a person, his name is Jesus. His disciples say that he is the son of God. He creator of heaven and earth. And also he said, whoever looks at him to love him or fear him, whoever, this is not a people who believed in him who's writing this. That's the king or the ruler of the city is writing to his manager about what he heard about Jesus. He said, whoever looks at him loves him. Do we, when we look at him, love him as well? Or we just know that he loves us and we don't love him back? If we don't love him, do we fear him? Fear losing him? Fear losing all what he has done for us because we care about our lusts and our life? He attracts people with his love. Does he attract us with his love? Do we get attracted to him when we see him crucified today with all the pain he has to suffer for us? Or he just attracts us for a few minutes? He captured many with his dialogue, which are rare. And we have it all in front of us in the Bible. Does he capture our hearts and our thoughts and our mind? Does his Bible words change our ways and the way we think and renew our mind or we just read it as a normal book? He walks around barefoot with uncovered head for you and I, like a foolish people. So the many ridicule him when they see him, but they become fearful and dumbfounded in his presence. Do we have his presence in our homes so we can feel different? We feel the peace of his presence or he only come and see him in the church. And, and, and finally he said, many of the Jewish 
scholar consider him a God? Do we consider him God or not? If we consider him God, do we obey him or not? Do we give him the right respect or not? It is said that he never disappointed anyone, but whoever knew and encountered him reported they received abundant grace and blessing from him. Everyone who contacted him, he received blessing. It's a chance for us to bring him to our home, to get this blessing to us and to our families and to our kids. We'll take you, like, take away with us. We can pick any one of those and try to live uh, with him. We we'll use the word of cross to remind us of any of those actions that we need to take as a takeaway with us. Crucify or crucifixion or care to the family and carry the cross. The second one is responsibility towards ourselves, towards the people we serve and then to guide them to repentance. The third one is obligation. Obligation of love is not conditioned love. And it comes only by one only way, obedience to his commandment. And then this will require some sacrification in our life to give it to him after all what he gave to us. So what we should crucify? Ourselves. The ego, the me, my thoughts, my will, my desires, my lusts, the world temptation, and those and they that care and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lusts. Whoever you want to crucify, crucify your lusts and your sins. Because those are the ones who caused him the crucifixion. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I. It's not about me anymore. It's about him. Who live. But Christ lives in me. If I want to get away from my I, my ego, I need him to be in me. When he lives in me, I decrease and he increases. If we want my ego to go down, put him inside you. Put his light inside you. Our ego will go down. The ego is manifested in my will, my way, my life, my style. I need to get rid of all my ego so I can find a place for him to live in me. I need to crucify the flesh that sometimes drives me away from him, my desires that takes me away from him. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with each passion and desires. It's not, the flesh is not our enemy, but the flesh drives us sometimes to certain lusts that we need to control. In the ninth hour we said today, put to this our kernel lust, O Christ, our God, and deliver us. Put to this the kernel lust inside us, not our flesh, but the kernel lust inside our flesh. 
And in the fraction of the sun, he said, portray his wound before you and hope in him when the enemy rang against you. ارسمي جرحه امامك واحتمي فيه عندما يهيج عليك العدو. When you feel that there is an attack on you from Satan, your lusts, or from any worldly stuff, put his cross in front of you and look at him. Look at his wound and it will protect you from every attack that's happening to you. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. By whom the world have been crucified to me and I to the world. St. Ambrose, he said, one who is fixed to the cross of the Christ is one who is in emanation of his footsteps. It's not trapped by any worldly desire. Living to God, he appears dead to the world. Living to God, he appears dead to the world. We should be dead to any impure worldly stuff that we are getting ourselves involved every day. There is so many temptation outside for us, for our children, and for everyone. There is so many impure music and movies, so many impure jokes and gossips. There is so many impure places that we go to and many clubs that we visit. There is so many impure chat rooms and dating sites, so many impure websites and, and bad sites. Any, anything that does not glorify God is impure. We need to crucify that. If we want to be with him, we cannot carry both. We need to crucify all the sins that's taking us away from him. He did everything possible. He said to us what should have, could have could done for you and didn't do. What I could have done more to you and did not do. What else he can do for us more than what he have done. He did everything for us. All what we need is to accept and change our mindset and renew our mind. Let us not be ashamed to confess the crucifixion. I noticed recently that many of us not using the cross sign like in a full way. Either we do it very small or we don't do it. The cross sign is the cross of our salvation. We should not be ashamed from having the cross sign like in a full way, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amin. We should use it when we are feeling fear, or we are troubled, or we are scared, or we are attacked by Satan or by lusts. Why we are going away from this sign? This is the sign that where Satan has been defeated. This is the sign that can get him away. We need to bring it back. We need to bring it back, this sign in front of everyone. We should not be ashamed from using the sign of the cross when we feel troubled or in pain or attacked by any lusts or even when we start to sin and use the cross sign as a way of our salvation. And then this will drive us to repentance. Surely he has borne our grave. He has borne our grave 
and carried our sorrow. He carried it all. All what you need to do, come bring your sin in front of him. Some people told me, Abuna, I tried many times, it's not working. I'm not able to get rid of my sin. Come and bring it to him. He will help you. Don't fight alone. Do not fight alone. He did it for you. He fought for us. Yesterday he was praying all the night. This prayer is staying with us till today. He was praying with sweating, with blood and tears. And every time you come to him with a sin that you cannot overcome, put it to him. Pray to him and he will pray with you. And he will tear with you. And he will sweat blood with you to get rid of your pains and forgive your sins. And this is will give us an obligation for love. Not the love that we are now trying to convince ourselves with. We love whoever who loves us. The aghabi love means giving without condition. Loving without waiting for the other part to love us. This is what he offered to us today. When he came to us, nobody was loving him. Very few people. But he came for everyone, offering an unconditional love, asking all of us to try to love everyone around us the same way he loved us. A lot of the issues at homes, because we expect a mutual love. I want to be loved, which is okay, which is your right. But this is a step one in love. The real love is you love without expecting a return. And you get your return from whom who loved you before. If we really have a good relation with God, he will fill us with love that we will not look for the love with anyone else. The love that he will give to us will satisfy us, will fill us, will make us full of his glory, unconditional and sacrifice. Then this will require some sacrifications. We need to give without expecting to take. We need to let go some of what we think it's a joy, but it's not a joy. It's, a, it's an illusion. It's only temporary. And we need to come to him to glorify him. So with the cross, we need to crucify ourselves. We need to offer care to the family and carry the cross. Caring to the family requires carrying the cross. We need to feel responsible about our eternal life and about our family eternal life. And we need to offer this through repentance. And this will give us obligation towards love, an unconditional love, which comes when we do obedience to his commandment. And this will require some sacrification that is temporary on earth that will let us gain much more when we go to the eternal life. Rabbana Yasuha al-Masih akhaza al-lazi lana wa a'atana al-lazi lahu. Akhaza minnana kullu khatayana. Ashan kida nahadda hanukhruk bahaga wahda niftamil fiha bil-arabi arsimi gurhu amamik wahtami fiha indama yahig alayk al-adu. Il-gumla di li magooda fi ismet al-uddas liha a'amak qawiyya giddan. وإحنا بنرسم جرحه أمامنا نبص على شكليل الشوك اللي على رأسه 
ونقول دي كل شوكة في راسك يا رب ده كل فكر شرير جه اتغرست انا في راسك يا رب بخطاياي وهو اللي هيشفع فيا لما اقف قدامك واطلب انك تطهر كل افكاري ابص للمسامير اللي موجودة في ايده والدم اللي نازل منها واقول دي كل ايد اتمدت على خطية وعلى عمل مش كويس والدم ده يطهرها وارسم جرحه امامي واحتمي فيه لما يهيجي علي العدو وابص للطعنة اللي في جنبه وفي قلبه وابص لكل افكار دنسة دخلت في قلبي ودنستني وانا بطعم بيها ربنا يسوع المسيح وارسم هذا الجرح امامه واحتمي فيه لما يهيجي علي كل هياجات الخطية وكل هياجات الشيطان وكل نجسات القلب وارسم هذا الجرح امامه واحتمي فيه واقول له يا رب يسوع المسيح بجراحاتك اشفيني واحميني ونجيني انظر الى كل اهانه من عبيده ولما اتبصق على وشه ولما اتضرب بالالم ولما تيجي نفسي واقول كرامتي واقول ذاتي وانا مش قادر استحمل اللي قدامي ارسم امامه جرحه وهو رب الارباب واله الالهه واللي الملائكه ما تقدرش ترفع وشها قدامه يتشتم ويتدفع عليه ويتضرب بالالم من اجلي وانا النهارده مش قادر استحمل حد حواليا واقول كرامتي واين هي كرامتي امام كرامتك يا رب نرسم جرحه امامنا في مسمار رجليه وكل مكان بروحه مش كويس بشترك في هذا العمل مع اللي دقوا المسمار في رجليه ولما اكون مش قادر ما اروحش ارسم هذا الجرح امامه واقول له يا رب يا من دميت قدماك من اجلي وبمسمارك غرس في رجلك من اجلي ساعدني يا رب وقوم رجلي وقوم سبلي ربنا يدينا ان احنا نستفيد من هذا اليوم ولما هذا اليوم يقودنا الى الاحزان ونبكي عليه نسمعه بيقول لا تبكي علي ايتها النسوه وايتها وايها الرجال بل ابكي على انفسكم على خطاياكم التي سببت لفديكم كل هذه الالام ارسموا جرحه امامكم واحتموا فيه عندما يهيج عليكم العدو لاقول مجد والكرامه والمجد من الان والى الابد امين